the atmosphere for some people might be a bit heavy, but for us, you know, it's kind of like meditation. You know, you go into a room and you listen to music and you think, think about life or think about, you know, whatever, whatever you, you like to think, you know. So that's what our music tried to do, you know, with people to kind of transform or, you know, kind of make changes in your, in your mind or in your life. The way I play Bach, the same way I play Irish trap music and the same way I play... I don't know if I'm in an orchestra playing a Tchaikovsky symphony. I think it's the same approach for me. You know. Of course, it's a different genre and different technique, different way of looking at it, but it's the same feeling, you know, it's the same kind of integrity. Hello, and you're very welcome to our next Collider Feature podcast. My name's Leo Petrie. And I'm Anna Gallagher. And today we're going to talk to Shahab and Cheyenne Cooey, our next featured artists for Kaleidoscope Night. Here we go. My name is Shahab Cooey. I'm from Iran, born in Tehran, and I went to music school in Tehran, studied classical violin, but before I studied Western classical music, I had been doing Persian classical music, uh, playing santur. I finished my education in the Tehran music school at the age of 16. I got a diploma, and we moved to Ireland with my mother and Cheyenne, my brother and I started studying in the Royal Irish Academy of Music with Michael Darcy and Mia Cooper and I graduated from the Academy last year, classical violin. I've been collaborating with different musicians from all over the world in Ireland and in different countries. So it's a life of discoveries and collaboration and cooperation. Very, very similar life, life story, you know, as Shab. <laughs> exactly the same. So uh, I'm Shayan Kui, and I'm from Iran, Tehran. I went to music school at the age of 10 with the, with the instrument called tar and tombak and specialized in Persian classical music and graduated from there and moved to Ireland in 2012. Started my studying in the Academy, Royal Irish Academy of Music, with Dr. Paul Rowe and Fintan Sutton, and I graduated last year as well with Chow at the same time. And we've been doing kind of similar projects, collaborating with people and discovering more kind of musical cultures. talk about Persian music for myself and Sean is Persian classical music there's Persian folk music and there's Persian, uh, Persian pop music or popular music but we are talking about Persian classical music which is the purest form of Persian music and I think the similar kind of traditional music would be Indian traditional music or raga you know which is very similar and we have a lot in common when we play Persian music and we play Indian music, there are a lot of tunes in common, a lot of scales in common, and we use quarter tones all the time. 
you know. And so it's, it's, there is a collection of tunes and scales called Radif, which is like Raga and Radif, are, that's, that's the equivalent of Raga. And in each, rad, each Radif, there is a smaller kind of way of grouping or classifying tunes called Dastga. Means, again, scale, smaller scale. And in each Dastga, there are like 20, 40, 30 tunes. So once you learn them all, you'll be able to improvise. So you don't have to play the same thing. You have to add your own impression and essence to it. And you'll be able to improvise. And th that's very much part of the Persian classical culture, isn't it? Yeah. So it's, like, it's almost something that the kind of Western classical music has lost, but you're actually you're encouraged to improvise. Like that's what it's all based on. It's all, so once you learn all, your, all the rules and all your tunes, then, then you, you add your own, you add your own kind of soul to it. It's lovely, it's, oh, it's so, I just wish we hadn't lost that, you know? Yeah, so that's one reason that I really like playing contemporary music, because we are kind of going back to our roots sometimes, and we're given the opportunity to, to, to flourish yeah. and to, to, to kind of explore the freedom that we have sometimes yeah. in, in contemporary music. Kaleidoscope commissioned a new piece for you um, from Una Monaghan. Um, she's a harpist and composer. So it's for Santor, Tar and Tape. Isn't that right? Have you ever worked with electronics before? Um, I have. I have for clarinet, you know, for clarinet pieces, uh, for my recital, previous recitals, but not, not on Persian instruments. So. Oh, so it was our first kind of experience. I don't, I don't actually think it's, it's ever been done with Persian instruments really? and, and tape, so I think that's the first time. As far as I, I'm aware, yeah. you know, like, it's a, it's a tobo, you know, and ah. it's, it's like breaking a rule. Oh yeah, okay, okay, yeah. It's pushing it, pushing, yeah, it's boundaries. pushing the boundaries and going beyond, going beyond yeah. that's the what we tradition. Love to do. <laughs> My name is Una Monaghan, I'm a composer, I play harp, I also work as a live sound engineer um, and I also work in research. I look at how traditional music is expanding and, and how it can use new technologies and really enjoy making music with harp and computer. The piece for Kaleidoscope, I wrote it for Cheyenne and Chaob Kui and their instruments, tar and santur. Um, so the piece is for tape and tar and santur. Because of the coronavirus pandemic, you know, it was a really different approach to comp composition for me. I really enjoy working with the performers who are planned to play the piece in the first instance, because as a performer myself, my compositional background always came from, really it began in writing pieces for myself, so I wrote a lot for harp and electronics. I would normally have gone to meet them and not only got to know their instruments, but really what matters to them as performers. Um, and as creative people, and also just as people in general. So I like to find out what they're interested in, what you know, what what makes people tick as a performer. Because I really like thinking about that when I'm writing the piece, rather than writing a piece in the abstract and then having a performer play it. 
you know, I, I really like there to be that connection with the particular performer from the very beginning. But with coronavirus, we couldn't actually meet up. We had some calls, uh, some video calls beforehand. So I was able to see the instruments, but not actually be there with them. And I think what struck me first was the timbre of them, you know, the sound of them. The frequency range they occupy is really quite high. And so that influenced the tape part that I wrote. I guess for me, the tape part occupies it a lot of the time a different frequency range than what I heard from the instruments. So can you describe the tape part a little bit more in terms of the sounds that we're hearing? Yeah, I mean, one of the interesting things about it was when I first sat down to write the tape part, I came upstairs to my studio and I brought with me uh, a glass of fizzy water. And so I opened my software and I was just thinking of where to start. I have different techniques for how I will begin to write pieces. And as I was sitting there thinking of what my starting points might be, I could hear this fizzy water right beside me. It was a really resonant glass and it was a really fizzy type of water. And so the sound was really interesting and I knew I would capture it anyway because when I hear an interesting sound, I tend to record it for future use in general. So I stuck a mic on the glass and then had some experimentation with the sound that was coming from the water itself. But also when I moved the glass around or percussive noises on the glass and then how I could filter that. So that was really the starting point. And I mean, it wasn't necessarily for that piece in the very first instance. I was I started to record it because it was interesting. But uh, the more I thought about it <laughs> and the more I thought about bubbles in the time of coronavirus, then I was thinking of this fact that I couldn't go down to see Cheyenne Shab. It kind of went from there. And, and I was also thinking about politically borders. There's a lot of talk about that at the minute, both in terms of where I'm from in Belfast, borders in the Irish Sea, borders in the island of Ireland, and also the political borders that are having a real effect on world events at the minute, not least the management and mismanagement of coronavirus responses. Okay, so it started with a small fizzy water bubble, really expanded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and do you use um, contact mics to record them? Yeah, I have several types of contact mic. They're often really useful for working with harps. I mean, that sound really was quite high pitched. And so I was thinking of it, you know, matching the instruments at the start, but then the tape part does, it gets a lot more bass heavy as the piece goes on. And I also knew that Cheyenne and Shahab are master improvisers, you know, with, with their background and their knowledge. So I was able to write in some periods of improvisation for them too. And they're brilliant. They're just brilliant musicians. Well, the tar, a tar it, it looks really kind of authentic, you know, if you want to look at it. And it has six strings, comes from the C tar. You know, guitar, you know, that's why it's called tar, because tar means string in Persian. So sitar, guitar, you know, all those, all those instruments, you know, uh, kind of come from, you know, that name, you know. And very similar to banjo, banjo, you know, tenor banjo, because we kind of explore that similarity with paddy in the band, you know, with, with banjo. It's lute instrument, you know, it's a stringed instrument, and uh, you play with a plectrum. is an Iranian instrument 
and we have the equivalent of Santur in Eastern Europe called Simbal, Dulcimer. Mm. And, but Santur is a, the older version of that. I think it's from the third or fourth century, but it has developed. There are 74 strings, three registers, and in each register we have nine notes. And there are sympathetic strings as well. Every four strings is tuned unison. So for each, each note you have four strings, and for each register you have nine notes. So right register, middle register, and higher register, which is, it's like, it's like a piano actually. And then one of you has received citizenship recently. Yeah, that's me. I have it and I was very delighted and there was a very good coverage on that, I think. Especially the president of Ireland, he's a very supportive man of art and poetry. And he always talks about arts. Most presidents talk about politics, money, and this and that. But he talks about culture and art, which is very impressive. You know, in not many countries you would find, or you would see a president who talks about art and music, and he, he supports financially and culturally. So do you feel like you're finding a place for your music here in Ireland? Uh, well, I, I think every country has its own potential to, to be the right place for music and culture, you know. It's just the people and the government and just the atmosphere of the country and the history of the country and how, how they look at music and art and how essential it is in the country and how... If, I think music is very needed in every country and in every culture, especially during this time. It's very essential, you know. As much as mental health is essential and food is essential i think music is essential to some extent and some countries care more and some countries care less unfortunately you know. so but i'm delighted that there is a, there is a lot of support here for musicians there needs to be more of course all the time but it's beginning to look better podcast was produced for Kaleidoscope by me, Ani Gallagher. It featured Lioba Petrie, Shahab and Shai Ankui and Una Monaghan. The concert premieres at 8.30pm on Wednesday, June 2nd and is available to view for seven days. Tickets and viewing are at kaleidoscopenight.ie. <laughs>